Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go Buffalo Chan on WGR Sports Radio 550. Looks like Friday night there's the lottery in a fantasy league that I won. And the commissioner is trying to get a head count. Who's coming to the lottery? He's got it at a bar and he's getting a table. Who's coming to the lottery? I, I, I think I recognize this as a, a nice opportunity for everyone in the league to be social, like to get together. The lottery is just sort of a thing that goes with it, but come on out. Let's go out and be a part of it. But I won this league. I can't go to the lottery. When the NHL has its lottery, the, the you know, the the general manager of the team that won the Stanley Cup isn't in the crowd. Like he can't he, oh, I could see the other GMs and we could hang out a little bit and he now he doesn't go to the lottery. We can do something after. I'm available for something after, but I cannot set foot in the lottery uh you know, I can't be near that. I earned it, right, Sal? You know, I earned it. I, I, I can't go to the lottery. I'll get a beer somewhere else or meet no, him later. Oh, you gotta, you gotta go and. Uh, but I get, it. I do get the sentiment. I remember the McDavid Eichel lottery and like parties going on downtown Buffalo, and oh. then ultimately, obviously, the I guess disappointment, right, of not getting it. But I remember that and going down and watching it at different places, and people making a big deal out of it. We waited a long time for that, but I think it's it's cool. You can still still an excuse to hang out, I guess, with your friends. That's right. I, I don't want to say I'll never forget that day, but I may never forget that day because this is like coming up on eight years later yeah. and it's very wow. vivid in my mind. I was at a remote in the morning at the Seneca Allegheny Casino and then made my way up. My wife was not happy because I didn't end up going home. I went right to 716 where we were broadcasting like yep. all afternoon. There was a tragically hip concert yep. in the arena that night. The place was at maximum capacity, I'm sure. And just like the nervousness as the lottery was ticking off team after team and the cheers and then the, you know, disappointment ultimately. Edmonton had bets Mike, on it. I will tell you, 
as much as like it's, it sounds that you're right. It was awesome. Like to go through that, like that, that moment, that, that whole thing to be around that. But I never, ever, ever want to get there again, to be honest <laughs> with you. Like, I like the spot there now and I want to keep winning. You know me, but you know, let's, let's, let's keep this going and not worry about, should we go down to a, a bar to watch if the Sabres are going to be able to get Connor Bedard, right? I mean, that's, I don't want to do that. Or if they can lose on purpose, hopefully, or anything like that. Yeah, my friends are texting about <laughs> right. yes, yes. The, the value of, a, of their first-round draft pick and like how it's going to be in the middle, and I'm thinking, well, that's no fun. But or, I forgot. No, that's good. That's good. It's, it's progress they're, if their first-round pick is actually up to the middle of the, of the pack. All right. Well, wanted to do this yesterday. We had the Leslie Frazier news, and before I – Start asking you stuff about running backs in your article from a couple days ago here, Sal. Is there yeah. anything new today? Uh, yeah, I would tell you, from my end, I would say maybe it was qualified as new, although I talked about it this morning. Um, from everything that I've been hearing, putting together over the last 24 hours, it is very much leaning towards it will be Sean McDermott calling the plays for the Buffalo Bills defense next year. Now, that doesn't rule out him having a defensive coordinator who would be by title – it also doesn't rule out him finding someone to actually call plays if he feels that he doesn't want to or can't do that in some capacity. Um, but right now, I will tell you, I would expect Sean McDermott to be calling the plays for the Bills' defense in 2023. And that maybe this is an intentional move on his part, maybe? Like, to, wanting to get there? It could be. I, you know, you never know. I mean, I, I, I think, you know, there's, there's always an argument to be made that, you know, they were going to make changes anyway. And maybe this is the way to make the change with respect to Leslie Frazier. So it could very well be, um, you know, Brandon Bean did say that Leslie Frazier would be the defensive coordinator if he had come back. Um, it doesn't mean that he would have called plays necessarily. I don't know. But mm-hmm. he did say that. So I'm going to take him at his word for it. They weren't going to fire him, um, that he would still be on staff. And he's going to take 2023 off. And then we'll see what happens in 2024. He didn't commit to him being the Buffalo Bills head coach. In, or I'm sorry, a Buffalo Bills coach in 2024. Um, but that could very well be it. It also could be just something McDermott decided on after hearing that Leslie Frazier was not going to return and saying, hey, you know, this coaching cycle, there's not guys out there. I have El Holcomb here. I have a guys I can choose from, but I'm going to do that. And, and the reason why is Sean, at this point of his career, being a head coach now going into his seventh year, having a very veteran staff, most people that have been with him for a while, he can lean on them and he can kind of have them, he can delegate to them things he needs to get done while he concentrates on calling the defense. That includes money through Saturday and on game day. So I think that's why he feels comfortable at this point leaning in that direction. All right, so let's get to running back here. I've been talking it out loud here, just thinking out loud all day, trying to find an idea that I like for them at running back. That's not easy for me. (laughs) You end up on a sort of a pile of names that are all pretty much the same and like, okay, I just know I don't want to spend a lot in terms of money or in draft capital. Let's start with what they have. So Singletary is up. Right now you have James Cook, second-round pick last year. Roll increased. Ended up at 6.4 touches per game for the season. Trending up, though. What do you think or what should they want from him in terms of like volume, usage, Sal? Like, should, should we expect them to want to double that with Cook? We know it's going to be more. I don't think double. Um, because if you're talking double, he becomes a true kind of workhorse back. I mean, okay, when I say that, if you look at the overall numbers, he had 89 carries last year. So sure, double works, right, for the overall numbers. I think as the season went on, though, in the workload he was getting, that's where I'm thinking more of. I don't know if that's going to look double because that's kind of becoming more of just the guy. 
Whereas I think that what they really want in the philosophy here is to have two people they can kind of take a little bit of a load off, they can keep fresh, like they've done with Devin Singletary and James Cook, like they did with Devin Singletary and other running backs who've been here, Zach Moss. Um, I think that's what it is. However, absolutely an uptick in usage, uptick in um, you know touches. What did he average touches a game? Five or six maybe he was getting even at the end of the year. So can that look about 10, 11, something like that? Maybe even you could even say up to you know 15 touches some games. That's fine. I don't think they're looking at anything like a 15 to 20 type of usage here per game. And there's a few reasons for that. I think philosophically, like I just said, I don't know if James Cook is the type of back to be able to handle that kind of workload at his body stature and the fact that he's never done it at any level. And he wasn't bad or anything, right? Like he... It started slow. Very good. Yeah, it it turned out okay. So that's where I am too. I I have just never thought of Cook as somebody that would play, you know, handle the lion's share of the work at running back in a game. And the fact that they drafted him in the second round, in you know, at the bottom of the second round, if you want, doesn't really stand in the way of that. That then though you get to so who else do we want? Like what else do they want to do? And in terms of Singletary, Sal. This is like not an idea that I think is really sexy or necessarily even great, but I, I can I can get with it. Singletary being back from both sides. Now, when when I've asked you about like the Bills' feelings about him, you've been generally positive about mm-hmm. uh, how you think that's been. It's just like he goes to free agency. There's a there's a flood of players, and there might even be more to come. I can't imagine he thinks he's going to do really well. If he wants to leave, then he'll leave. But I think it's probably going to be kind of soft for him. And so if the Bills wanted him back, it shouldn't cost them too much. The question will be, do they? You're exactly right on all of that. I agree with about from the Devin Singletary standpoint from his side of things. He may hope to get a big payday. I don't know if that's going to be there for him. Um, even if Saquon Barkley gets tagged or Josh Jacobs gets tagged, you're still looking at some pretty nice running backs on the open market. David Montgomery, Miles Sanders, Tony Pollard. We'll see what happens with him. Leonard Fournette is now nice. entering you know, free agency. or He's going to be out there, at least we know that. Um, you can go down to guys like Alexander Madison or Damian Harris, Rashard Penny, Jamal Williams. They're all free agents. So uh, the, more you, the more you say, you might put Singletary in one of those buckets, but you're pushing him down and how much money is going to be available. So I do think that's right. You know, He's not going to get necessarily a big bag. Um, so that leads him back to, okay, maybe you can come back to Buffalo at a lesser salary. And from that standpoint, I think then it comes down to the decision from the Bills of, okay, it might cost a little more, obviously, to have him than to go out and get a draft somebody on a rookie contract or even an undrafted free agent who I think you could just bring in and a lot of times can do pretty well. But, you know, there's also the point of, He's been with us for four years. We know him. We know what to expect every single day, the consistency of how he shows up to work. We know his work ethic, everything about him. There's value in that. Now, people can argue they don't think there should be as much value in that, but I'll tell you the Bills really value that. They value that sort of thing. Know what to expect from the guy, what kind of person he is, human being, what you expect every single day, and and, and, and the results you're going to get. So I think that's where the balance is going to have to come in for Brandon Bean as far as he wants to do that. And then the second part of that is also – but we also have James Cook. So if we do bring him back, what does his role look like and James Cook's role look like? Sal Capaccio on the West Her Hotline. Let me just ask you this, Sal. Like, What is, in your opinion, the best-case scenario here for the Bills? Would it be Singletary? Would it be someone different? I, I forgot about Pollard. <laughs> you mentioned yeah. I, I've been talking about different free agents, and there's all shapes and sizes here, and literally sizes, but just like age, yeah. the age range, the 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 money – there's so many different 
options if we start this. And I think, you know, league-wide teams are going to be likewise to the, to the Bills. I can't imagine teams wanting to throw a lot of money at guys. You know, they'll all be sort of fencing and parrying for for bargains, I guess. What's uh, what's your favorite idea, maybe? You know, my favorite idea is bringing Devin Singletary back at a pretty cheap contract. Okay. I, I'm fine with that. I I would rather see that happen than the Bills give a similar contract to a player they're unfamiliar with that's just going to be as he that you that you wonder, is he going to be better than Devin Singletary? Is it going to matter? Um, I think that's a nice one-two combination. They ran the ball well together last year. Uh, so that's my favorite idea. But if you do move on from Singletary, and even if not, I, I do think, I keep going back to, do they need a bigger in stature running back? They were not good on short yardage situations last year. They need to have an ability to do that better, and that ability should not have to include always Josh Allen running the football. It's not something they want to do all the time. We're talking third and three, third and two, second and one, things like that. They just weren't that good. Now, they got better, I think, towards the end of the season, but I did the numbers on this, and I wrote it in my article. Like They were only around, what, 70%, I think, on second down and third, and second and third and one or two yards to go. That's not good. Um, They have to be better in those situations. So I think there's an argument to be made here for getting a bigger, more physical running back. Now, I think they thought they had that in Zach Moss, but it never turned out. It's just that you're not going to use that guy, whoever that is, to be a guy that's going to get a lot of touches. So now you have to weigh, well, we're using a roster spot on him. Maybe we can get Devin Singletary for the same amount of money. That's where the trick comes in mm-hmm. for the numbers game and which how you want to construct your roster. Yeah, right? Like, there's just no cut-and-dried uh, answer here. Do you have any interest in any free agent that like would cost money <laughs> just is, is is there an exception anywhere on that list pollard or jacobs or somebody like that where i think if you do that you necessarily mitigate cook which they probably wouldn't want to do but you make any exceptions barkley like for anybody i don't running back is about value not about the player Running backs, there are definitely special running backs who can be great. But in order to be great, you got to give them the football. I have no interest in investing in someone that they're going to turn around and hand the ball off to 25 times, um, or even, for that matter, a first-round running back. Now, if you, you know, we see like Bijan Robinson getting mocked to the Bills, or Travis Etienne a couple years ago. A couple years ago, you're if you do that, you have to get him the ball at some point. Like you, there's no way you're drafting him and you're not getting him the ball. I just don't see it. That's that's where the value comes in. But if a guy like that is somebody who you're incorporating in your passing game and do it, then I can get more to it. There's no doubt about it. But no, I don't really have any interest in that. the 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 best teams in the NFL don't really do that. Now Christian McCaffrey came with a nice price tag and they traded for him and they were very good and they gave him the ball. You don't see that. Derrick Henry, though, bell cow back. Like, what does that do for that offense, right? I I am not interested in that because of what it represents as an offense. And when we talk about workload, by the way, to go back to the James Cook thing, I think we also have to recognize, like, the Bills are one of the pass-heavier teams in the league, I think, on a general basis, when they're in a normal situation. They have Josh Allen. So when we talk about how much of a workload James Cook will get, that is a different scenario here in Buffalo than it is anywhere else in the league or most other places in the league. You can't really compare it. You have to kind of put it in the context of what the workload looks like in Buffalo because nobody, nobody's going to be a running back on this team and carry the ball 20 to 25 times a game. It's just not going to happen. I hope you're right. And I just say it that way because 
I'm always worried for that. Like it just perfectly lines up with their ascent as a team that they started throwing the ball just constantly. Yes. And I do not think that's a coincidence. Of course, it's not neither a coincidence that Josh Allen got really good. So I know that works together. This is really not the time of year for this question, I think, but in terms of Allen and the continuing conversation, I suppose, about like the beating, the quote beating he takes, you know, I think we'll have another round this summer of do we want to run him less? You know, because one of the the storylines coming out of the season, Sal, was like, Allen is responsible for too much. You know, like, they need him to do too many things. And he's a year older, and eventually, if if you want to compare him to Newton, <laughs> there's a shelf life on, like, the runs and the hits and the physical nature with which he plays. So it could be. I don't mean that that has to mean somebody's going to get 25 handoffs. Like, no. But right. I wouldn't be surprised if they cut a little bit further into – what Allen? How many times Allen has the ball? Somehow, they have to, and I think re- they've recognized and they've said this. It's not like a new thought, even by the Bills. They have to take some off Josh Allen's plate, and not subject him to getting hit as much. Whether that's runs from him, whether that's passes and pass protection from him, um, that has been said. It's been said this week by Brandon Bean, Sean McDermott. Uh, it was said at the end of the year in the press conference. What did Sean McDermott say yesterday? He told Winbills Live, I think he got he he had too much pressure early in the down or something like that. They got you know too quick. They gave up too many early pressures or something something along those lines. What did Brandon Bean say a month ago? He said if I had one criticism of Josh, he takes too many hits. Like that that was the way he basically phrased it and said that he doesn't want him to get hit as much. So there's so much to that, but how do you do it right? And concentrate on the offensive lines. Make sure. Well, hey, he's getting protected a little bit more. Get him another receiver that it's an easy easy pass right off the line of scrimmage. He doesn't have to sit back there and wait for someone to get open. Those are all ways to do it. And then, of course, you have the camp that thinks, well, guess what? Get him a really good running back. He could turn and hand the ball off. If the Bills are really good at running, then that's going to open up the passing game. I, I, I think that's the third preferred method for me because I'm fine with James Cook and Devin Singletary or some facsimile of that doing what they did last year. I think it was Monday when you mentioned that Bean comment, and I was going to mention this and I forgot, but... Also, like in partner with that is McDermott, either the Patriot game at the end or the Dolphin game, where he's doing a sideline interview after the first quarter, and he's asked about like what he's thinking when he sees Allen on the run. He's like, "Go down!" <laughs> like so, <laughs> yeah. so the coach and the GM maybe have reached their limit <laughs> of of watching him just like take on guys, jump over them. I don't know, m- m- maybe not. I don't know what they can do about it though, right? It's him. It's, it's right. He, he's he he. He, they can't run on the field and force him down. They'd have to tackle him themselves, right? He's going to get tackled by somebody, and that's just Josh, and we know that. And he's going to take those hits, and he's going to do whatever in that moment to win. And even for the last couple of years, he said, yeah, i got to learn sometimes to do that, but, you know, I'm always going to compete and yeah. go. And I think we want that too, right? We don't want to take that away from Josh Allen, but certainly that's that's a part of this entire story and how they want to morph the offense. But, um, yeah, we, I mean, we they they have – they have – James Cook and Naheem Hines under contract, and then they have Reggie Gilliam as a fullback. So they're going to have to make decisions. They're going to have to make moves. Duke Johnson did not resign a futures reserve contract at the end of the year. He could still come back, but he's not under contract anymore. He was on the practice squad, and Devin Singletary is going to be a free agent. And Taiwan Jones, by the way, who's just a special teamer, of course. Poor Duke Johnson. Um, yeah, and I think Hines should be out, but that hasn't happened right. yet, so he should be mentioned here in this conversation. He is on the roster. 
at up. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Nor up, up near five million dollars a year, four point seven nine, I think. Uh, before yeah, you go, the, yep. the, the thing about him is, if you get rid of him, if you if you release him, you save every single cent of that four point eight million dollars. Right. Uh, before you go, and I will be looking to continue the conversation about running backs after the update here in about ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, did you see the NFLPA study that yes. came out? So yeah, I tweeted the grades that they gave the Bills. Okay, good, good. I missed that. Um, every team got grades in different areas. Some came off very, very badly. Washington, Arizona, five Fs out of seven categories. You don't want to see five Fs. Um, treatment of families, nutrition, weight room, strength staff, training room, training staff, locker room. Some of the outside, the things maybe we don't think about very much. The Bills did very well here, Sal. I doubt you're surprised. The- this should not be a surprise to anyone who's been told for the last four years how terrific the Bills facility is and training staff is and weight room is and all the different things they have. You know, it just it should not be. The only thing that really brought their grade down was travel. And honestly, Mike, if you look at it, most teams like they, that got the most bad grades across the board. And a lot of times travel as someone who travels with an NFL team, a lot of that is things out of your control once you get to where you're going or the traffic or the the weather and I don't know if these players took that into account but I will tell you I have I mean I'm not a player I have no complaints I think they do a tremendous job when it comes to travel it's everything is so done right and I always kind of tell people how amazing it is to travel on a, a charter with an NFL team but that's the only thing that really brought their grade down and their ninth other than that I think they you know received really excellent excellent grades they did get a C in nutrition uh, which was interesting though <laughs> I get. I give my kids a C in nutrition, so they <laughs> they they are in good company. D plus for travel. D plus. Yeah. D 
D-plus is Yeah, fine. if you look, though, there were, the lower, like half the teams got C's, D's, or F's in travel if you look mm. at all the grades that were handed out by the players. So maybe the players just want even more than what they get. I don't know. F-minus for Washington. Not just F. Yeah. F-minus. <laughs> F-minus. F with a Love bullet. It. That's the Bluto Blutarski grade. F minus. F does not. F does not exactly <laughs> illustrate how bad we think you're doing. How badly we That's think great. you're doing. We got to put the minus. Slap a minus on that. All right. Thank you, Sal. You got it. Sal's visit and coverage of the ongoing NFL Combine in Indianapolis, brought to you by Outlet Liquor. Your place to buy a case. Outlet Liquor. What's your outlet? Your Favorite or maybe least favorite running back idea. A lot of different ways the Bills can go. Really, I'm not sure I love any of them, but you're going to have to do something here to compliment James Cook. What should they do? 803-0550 to call in. This is Mike Shope on WGR. Publicly and privately, the vibe is the same. And that is that no longer does it feel like the Packers are simply going to kiss the ring of Aaron Rodgers and say, we need you back. we got to have you back. It, it is no longer that tone. It is, if you want to be a part of this organization, you need to call us, you need to commit, you need to show us that that is going to be the case. Jeff Darlington reporting on the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. How do I want to put this? I've talked about this a lot. Like, I don't know that another team would really want to sign up for him. Sure, under special circumstances, maybe. Sure, you know, what's, let's cut into the salary if there's a way to do that. Uh, I don't want to give up a good draft pick. You have to trade for Aaron Rodgers. You know, I don't want to deal with, you might have to, I don't want to deal with just like, <laughs> I don't know, distractions, I guess, under that header. It's like, it's a, it's a lot. And he's 39. And he was good, maybe. He wasn't great. Like, I don't know where I'm at, really, with Rodgers. If Green Bay wants to move on, they can't cut him because the the cap penalty is even just too penal for that. They can't cut him. They can just bench him unless they can find a trade partner, and I'm not sure that's a given. Like the Raiders. People say the Raiders. Devontae Adams is there. You know, like, it's Vegas. There's reasons to think the Raiders make sense, and maybe they will be where he's going or New York, you know, big market, big acquisition to say the least. But I don't love that for the Raiders. I like it more for the Jets if they can't get Carr because they haven't had a veteran that can really play in a while. But for the Raiders, like I like the idea of a rookie for the Raiders. They draft in the top 10, maybe they draft 7th. And there are quarterbacks, there probably will be a quarterback available to them there that might be really good. I think I like that more I mean, they do have veterans like Adams and Waller and guys that you might feel like you want to put a veteran in there for the rest of the roster right now. But for the organization, geez, it seems like trading for him could really set you back. you got to win right away, and maybe you will. If you do, then, you know, then you you were successful. Like, that's that's what you're going for, obviously, if you trade for him. But I don't know. I'm just not assuming that a trade is out there for Green Bay with how 59 and a half million guaranteed for this year. Like you'd have to be pretty desperate. Some teams are though. That's the the good news for the Packers and for Rogers. 803-0550 talking a lot of running backs today. We'll have Mike Renneron and Chris Trapasso later with the draft in mind. Paul Hamilton in between our other guests 
talking about the Sabres. There's some news with them. Injuries now. I mean, they've had a very healthy and lucky year in that area. Now they're feeling it with Tuck out, Darlene Hurt. They do have the new player, Stillman, who did some media today. We'll uh, get caught up here with Paul. The Sabres off to Boston for a game tomorrow night there. Let's go to Chris next. Hi, Chris. Hey, Mike. How are you? Good. Thank you. Good. I was just following up on the, the conversation you and Sal were having regarding the running backs and stuff. And I, part of me wonders more if it's not the running back, more that the Bills are designed to pass the ball. So their offensive linemen are not what you would need to run the football often. Mm-hmm. So, I, you know, I don't know if that, you know, I don't know if what your opinion is there, but that that's kind of where I'm at is, is, is we could put a different running back in there, but I kind of feel like, we might just end up getting the same thing. So unless we're bringing in a running back that's going to get us an extra two yards of carry on the 15 times we're going to give him the ball, that would be great. But I don't see that happening. So um, I'm going to let you yeah. opine on that, and I'll uh, <laughs> hang up. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Yeah, that that is the bottom line here. That is the whole essence of the running back conversation is that it really – the running back's success is really about the other the other things going on around him as opposed to the other way around, where the running back determines who the running back is. The quality of the player determines whether they're going to have success on the ground, just generally. So that leads me to, and has for a long time, really don't need to invest that much in the player, but if I want to do the rest of it, I want to do it well, I can get there through other means, I think, so... That's just really why I think the first round pick, the big contract, these are just like glaringly bad ideas for NFL teams. Especially a team like this, and I think maybe Chris said this, that is so successful passing the ball, why make a big adjustment in that area? So who who will it be to go with Cook? Could be a lot of different people, but it really shouldn't be a big name, I think. Matt is next. Hi, Matt. Hey, how you doing? Okay, good. So, you know, I mean, obviously, you're asking me who what running back out of this draft I'd want. It's B. John Robinson at 27. No doubt. I mean, I know that, uh, you know, you don't want to do that in the first round. It's, 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 at the end of the first round, to get, like, his caliber of player is incredible. But anyway, like, look at the Chiefs this year with Pacheco and McKinnon. Running backs don't matter in this league anymore. What matters is offensive play calling and scheme. Now, scheme is, you know, play calling you know certain plays but you have to fit your scheme around the players you have and the Bengals game looked terrible like you can't have Josh dropping back for four or five seconds not finding anybody like we don't have those type of players to get open I'll say this Zay Flowers at a Boston College just mm-hmm. wide receiver mm-hmm. love him okay yeah. Dorsey I know it was his first year calling plays and that sounds awful to me because I want to win a bowl but He's got to. He's got to do something different. Like run some zone reads with these running backs, just like the Chiefs. It's not. You got to mix it up with the players you have. And I know it's difficult, but I mean, if the Chiefs can do it with those guys and Kelsey, like we can too. Yeah, I love how you're talking here, Matt. By the way, while I have you, do you have? Are, are you far in? Enough? It sounds like you might be. I mean, you know names here. Um, in terms of Robinson, what's your guess as to where he goes in this landscape? Where. He is. He is a tough runner. I don't know if you've seen last year. He was on ESPN. He had a really bad head injury. He got flipped, and he landed, like, on top of his head. And 
I, it looked bad. And I thought he was going to be out a while, and he, he bounced right back, and I think he ripped off like 200-something the next week. He is very good. And at 27, if they grabbed him to team with Cook, great. That's perfect. Great. That's fine. We can get receivers anywhere. Um, what are the top three receivers in the draft? Addison, um, Smith and Jigba, maybe Flowers. Yeah. My my last guest on Monday, Brett Coleman, or Tuesday last week that I talked to about this said for him there are only two surefire first rounders, and he said Addison and Flowers. Even so, like I, the thing that makes me angry too is like we just gave Knox that contract. Like he yeah. needs to start earning that for one. Well, they have to. They have to throw it to him, right? Like, oh yeah, yeah, I know, I know, yeah, of course. But if he can't get open with the scheme, it's, that's right. Which is why I wouldn't have signed him. <laughs> that's, yeah, that's I mean, right. look at look at these tight ends in this draft this year. There's like I know really good ones. So, do you have and, what? What do you think happens to Robinson? Like, is, I think I think he goes in the first because teams know he's that good. I do too. Um, I do too. But like top half, I everyone's going to be watching that. Um, it's honestly, like, we could we could do it. Like, if, let, let's say we grab him and we want to move up. Let's say we trade Ed Oliver to move up in the second or the end of the first, and someone takes his $10 million cap hit. Why not? I, just, I know I know we're thin at that position, but, like, if you if you got a guy you like or if you want to stack the offense more, just deal with it this year because we got to get some weapons, and if the weapons don't work, then it's Dorsey. I, me personally, I think it's Dorsey. Yeah. He's got to he's got to work with what he has right now. What we got is Diggs and Allen, and Thank- Cook Cook is amazing. I love Cook, and they need to use him more. But yeah, yeah, there's a lot to be done with this team on both sides for sure. There is. Hey Matt, thanks a lot. Wide receiver. I mean, that's more certainly more where my desires lie for what the Bills do with, like, say, the first round pick. Interesting conversation, like. This this caller and I have sort of a, lot, a a few principles, if you will, that are the same, and then some that are very much not. Like I am not trading up for Bijan Robinson while accepting and granting anyone who wants to say it his uh, his excellence as a prospect. Somebody else can can have that. Like that is the trap. That is the exact trap that's out there. Is this idea that well, what look we love him though. Like we'll make an exception for him. And I don't think you should ever do that. I guess maybe not with quarterbacks. Say never, but just that—that that is the trap. I went off on this late yesterday. Just do not think you know who's going to be good in the league. Injuries are a part of the formula, the equation when it comes to these running backs or any player, but especially running back. Like Barkley, looking back on Barkley, two ways to do it. Saquon Barkley. This is the Allen draft. He was picked second by the Giants. Sam Darnold was picked third by the Jets. So what is the right first thing to look at when evaluating the Barkley pick? This is a a question I don't think I can answer. What is the right first thing to look at? What's the most important thing when you look at that draft pick and want to find out if it was good or not? Is it how good the player is? Because Saquon Barkley is great, and he's been great his whole career. Of course, he missed, what, two long stretches, at least, with injuries. ACL tear that he he got hurt in Chicago early one season. He had the game in Dallas where he got a bad pass and he stepped wrong on a guy's foot, ankle, done. And that's that's running backs. So what's 
the first, the right first thing to look at. Is it games played? If you're talking about whether he's good or not, Saquon Barkley is good. Somewhere in here has to be how many games they've won. And that's fine, and that's important. It might be most important. I, I'll throw it in all the time talking about Barkley or, or Christian McCaffrey or whoever you want at running back. Great, fine. How many games are they? J- Josh Jacobs this year was maybe the best running back in the league. How many games did they win at the Raiders? It just seems like it's almost always the case. The caller mentions Kansas City. Guys in and out. Seventh-round pick, Pacheco. I mean, just McKinnon, kind of a replacement-level journeyman type. It's just It goes on and on and on. But the reason why you can't stop there is, okay, smart guy, tell me what they should have done instead. Here are the Giants at the number two pick in that draft. Tell me what they should have done instead. In that case, I mean, it's pretty easy. You say Darnold, or if you want to just be, get cute with it, you say Allen. Like, you could have picked Allen there. And so that's the answer. But, you know, not, not every team was going to want to do that. And... The, Gi- the Giants were close enough to needing a new quarterback, though, where it probably was right. I, I'm not, it's not a point about them. It's just a point about how do you measure the quality of the pick or the, the, the how do you grade it? And you want to include the team's success, and part of the running back argument, much of it is founded on that, where I have the best running back in the NFL, and so what? Whether that's Barkley or McCaffrey or Jacobs or the LaShawn McCoy Bills, like it just seems like that's what where you can end up. You can have the best player at any position and lose, almost except for quarterback. Like that that can, that can really tie you up though, because you got to pick somebody. And we can we can talk about how running backs don't matter. We can talk about how offensive guard doesn't matter. We can talk about how defense doesn't matter. We wouldn't pick the best kicker in the country at two overall just because he's the best kicker because we don't think we're getting enough added value out of that versus other positions. So that that's how it's changed. It's just, you know, it's a a conversation that just goes on and on and on and on, which is good for me and good for us, and, you know, because you can just keep having it. But you can't just always pick quarterbacks only. When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we are all realizing that the quality of our air, especially our indoor air, is really darn important. In 30 minutes, Puro Air will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at GetPuroAir.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. Tacovis is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovis. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas, and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T E C O V A S.com, and point your toes west. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? 
Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network. So whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. I think, you know, the Bills are not in a, p- a point in time where they'd be picking quarterbacks. So last year's draft, the James Cook pick, what are they supposed to do? Because you just don't have many needs if you're that team. Anyway, it's fun. I used to sort of fight against the draft. I don't anymore. I love talking about it. And um, hope you do too. All right. Mike Renner, Paul Hamilton, Chris Trapasso, all still to come today. Bulldog is off this week. Actually, he's off on Monday also. He'll be back on Tuesday of next week. I mean, it's March now. Where is that guy? We'll get him next week. Thanks for being with me, Mike Shope, 803-0550 for your calls here on WGR. Welcome back. Mike Renner, Paul Hamilton next hour. Just reading some of the articles about the NFLPA survey. Mentioned this when Sal was on, how each team was graded in eight or nine different categories. A lot of it is like the strength coach, the weight room, training, those kind of things, but also nutrition and how they do for families, things like this, travel, like sort of lifestyle stuff, obviously. And Arizona got five Fs. Like that's well, the most, actually. Even when you when you're worse than Washington in this kind of area, you're really struggling. Training facility. Part of it is how players voted on how likely they thought it was that their team's owner would upgrade these facilities. And the Arizona guy Bidwell came in last, behind Daniel Snyder. Okay, again, that's how bad that is apparently. And that's a, it's obviously embarrassing. The Bills did fine in this, like ninth, I think Sal said. I didn't see a list, but um, they did fine. There's, there's some A's for the facility and strength and things like that, training. But it's it's obviously embarrassing for a team like the Cardinals or for Washington. It's just bad in terms of free agents and coaches. Like one article I read speculates that this is why Sean Payton didn't pick the Cardinals, was that he didn't think there was enough right with the facilities and the reputation of the organization. And we've had that for a long time with the Bills, and it's been said many times, it's not something we usually dwell on, that the Bills have come so far in this area. You know, you still have certain disadvantages here. They do. The weather, the taxes, as Jordan Poyer reminded us the other day, you know, the the things to do, the category of th- things to do, of people have complained about there not being enough to do. It takes It's a certain kind of guy that can adapt to our way of life here in uh, Western New York. But, man, in terms of, like, the Bills themselves, they have just come so far. Like, the Bills would have been last. They would have gotten Fs in this kind of thing, I think, 10 to 15 years ago. The, the stadium and all the different things here we're talking about. So uh, congrats to them, I guess. I mean, they've they've earned a much better standing here in the league than they used to have. Haven't really talked about the Sabres yet today, even though it's a bad loss for them at home last night, a costly one, and 
I'm dizzy from the trades around the league. It's like the deadline is Friday, but there are just trades like all day, all week here around the league. And the Sabres have just the one very small move. I'll just say now because it's probably on your mind and maybe you weren't listening other times when I talked about it. It's just I don't mind that they're not at least hitting bigger, swinging harder in these trades in the trade market yet. Timo Meyer was the big name. He goes to Jersey. There's still Jacob Chikrin in play for uh, Arizona, but these other trades and like first round picks and everything like that, I just don't think it's time here. Um, they they've had one thing I think about a lot is listen. I was listening to a baseball podcast the other day, effectively wild. Ben Lindbergh is the co-host of that show. He's been on this show three or four times over the years. He does a he, Meg Rowley is his co-host. They do a season preview, and at the end of every interview talking about each individual team he asks the guest what's a successful season for your team some of them are easy like if you're the Dodgers it's win the World Series you know and other teams it's more nuanced I think the Sabres have pretty much already had a good season like no matter what happens I dare I say it maybe I want to revisit this but I think no matter what happens this was a good season for them there is an opportunity here with the playoffs but it's still you're into March and they're in it and that is the first time that's been true for a long time so everybody likes the path and how it feels right now so that that, I would say it's a good season and I would not want to damage anything I don't know I don't want to sort of taint the point but damage anything in the future by throwing a good prospect or a high pick into a trade I think it's just you know, I'm okay with their not doing that. You know, maybe they'll come up with something awesome, though, and <laughs> I also want to reserve the right to enjoy that if that happens before Friday at 3. That is the deadline, Friday afternoon at 3, so a little less than 48 hours. Uh, two hours less than 48 hours, actually. Mike Renner of PFF, NFL Draft, the subject, and the Bills as we continue next here on WGR. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island 
Jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.